What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-host and Jeopardy champion, Jack Manis. Welcome back, folks. One more to episode 200. We have our NFL preview next week. But today, it is all about our Hogline's uh, national pastime, fantasy football. We are here for our fantasy football preview episode. Jack how are you feeling? Do you think you'll get a winning season this year? Probably not, because you rarely do. Care to comment? Uh, well, coming off that that Jeopardy championship, I'm feeling pretty lucky this season. Yeah, maybe that'll give you some momentum. Also, um, you still haven't gotten what I've been trying to get at over text the past couple of days. Yeah, that is really weird. Do you still not get it? Oh, is it the square or game? Yeah, it was. Okay, I get it now. I've been sending Mitchell. So I Googled NFL games that resulted in 43 to 19 because that was the final score of our Jeopardy. And there was a game between uh, the Saints and Washington in 2018. I kept sending sending him different article game recaps of it, and he didn't understand that. Oh, I, I was completely lost. And all the article headlines were like, Saints demolished Washington. It's a blowout, and it was like that was like our Jeopardy matchup because it was forty three hundred to nineteen hundred. To be fair, I think a football score and a Jeopardy matchup are a little different scales. No, they're not. I think so. I think so. Not really. How? You can get points quicker in Jeopardy. You can get seven points, eight points at a time in football. As opposed to Jeopardy, the most we can get was what five thousand on a scale. Yeah. You're wrong here. You're wrong here. <laughs> All right, whatever, whatever. I pull you out. All right, well, let's get to something that I'm clearly better than you at: fantasy football. Um, today's segments. I'll let you read them off. Today's fantasy football segments. We are doing likes and dislikes. We will both highlight a few players that we personally like. And dislike, um, and we'll de- de- debate. Maybe we'll debate. We'll discuss it at least. Then, yeah, we'll yeah we'll discuss. We'll see. I mean, it depends. Depends if I don't know who you have. You don't know who I have. So we'll see if we agree yeah. or not. 
Um, then Mitchell's primarily going to talk about draft strategies and tips. I'll chime in, but hey, that strategy is not my forte, not my Matt forte. Um, just kind of go with the flow. So that'll be second on the docket. And then lastly, we're going to end with, do we have a name for this? I'm just going to, this or that, is that what you called it? That's what I, I called that, it before we hit the work. record button. This or that. Um, I just have two players that have very similar ADPs. Um, and I'm going to, I have a list of them. I'm going to run down and run down the list, give them to Mitchell, see which player he likes over the other. We'll, and we'll discuss. So fantasy season's here and we are excited. So let's get to this. Yeah. In the next, um, let's see, two weeks, I have four drafts. Yeah. I have at least three. Great. It's 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 like the best time of year. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, we'll get into the show here. Uh, who do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, you go first. All right. So this is my first player that I like. Um, and I'm gonna. I can't take full credit for this. I mean, I had this opinion before I listened to this. However, Listen to I can't what? take full. Well, I'm about to tell you. Uh, I can't take full credit for like all the stats and all like the rationale and like, I guess the support for my argument for this player because I did hear it from a podcast. And I'm like, you know what? That confirms everything that I already think. What so podcast? Steal it. It's the Fantasy Footballers. Okay. Um, it was from their episode. I think it was last Thursday, maybe. It was okay. their My Guys episode. Um, so every year they have an annual show called the My Guys Show where he, all three co-hosts, um, you know, attach their name, attach their brand to certain players and kind of, you know, declare them their guys. They're guys who they think are going to be exceeding expectations and whatnot and kind of go from there. I don't remember who this was, so I, I do apologize. I think it was Jason. He was one. Of, he's one of the co-hosts. Uh, yes, actually, in fact, I do remember now it was Jason. So I totally agreed with him on this player and without further ado that player is Jalen Hurts uh he currently goes according to fantasy pros which we like those redraft rankings they're um you know they're they're pretty I think they're very reputable so I definitely go off them a lot uh QB6 currently right now on 63rd overall now I've got a I've got several points to why I think like I am totally a hundred percent ecstatic to take them there. Like I said, as QB six off the board and 63rd overall, which in a 10 team league would actually be in the seventh round. And in a 12 team league, that would be in the sixth round. He was QB six last year in points per game. He only played 15 games. Uh, he missed one due to injury, I think. And I think one, cause they rested him. I think. Yeah. Who was their backup? Garner Minshew. Minshew was last year? Okay. Yes, it still is. So like I said, quarterback six last year in points per game. He only threw 16 touchdowns last year. And you, and then the, and then now they bring in A.J. Brown. So you'd have to think, in my opinion. Also, my third point here, they have, I'd say, a top five offensive line in the league for sure, maybe even top three. It's a second year in his in his coach's system. And like I said, they brought in AJ Brown, who I think is a top five to seven wide receiver in the league talent-wise. 
So you have to think that 16 goes up at least a little bit. I'd say I think 20, 20 touchdowns is definitely in the realm of possibilities. Um, but that's and, not why we like Jalen Hurts. No. I mean, he has an insane rushing floor. I mean, he had, what, 10 touchdowns, I think, on the ground last year, something like that. Um, and I do have uh, – this is, this, is, this is part of Jason's uh, argument for Jalen Hurts uh, here, but I found it very interesting the way he presented it and whatnot. But since Jalen Hurts has took over as the starter, which I believe is week 14 of 2020 as the full-time starter, his fantasy points per game is the same as Patrick Mahomes. He has fewer interceptions than Patrick Mahomes, and he has more top 12 weeks than Patrick Mahomes since that time. Also, one of them being Hurts gained a top five wide receiver in the league, and one of them lost the top five wide receiver in the league in Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek Hill. And Mahomes goes as quarterback three right now, and Hurts goes as quarterback six. So, I mean, I think if you look at it through that perspective, Hurts at quarterback six. I feel like I feel like that's his. I feel like that's his floor. I really outside of injury, I really don't see how he can finish lower than how he did last year. In my opinion, I'm just all over him at that spot. And like, I just think, in my opinion, like I view him, Herbert, like Lamar, Mahomes, all of them as the same. And Herbert, like all those guys I just said, go like two rounds before him. So if you're gonna just, I think it's the same tier, and you might as well just wait two rounds. So. I just think it's like kind of a, I'm really, you know, I, I have a keeper in our main redraft league for a quarterback. It's Kyler Murray. So I won't be targeting a quarterback there, but any other league I'm really targeting Hertz in the sixth, sixth round in a 12 team league or seventh in a, in a, in a 10 team league. So I, I really like him at his ADP. I totally agree. Don't need to echo everything you said. Um, and yeah, luckily for me, you have your keeper. So your quarterback as a keeper in our league, so you won't be drafting him. But unfortunately for me, we're in a league full of Eagles fans, so it's going to be tough to get him. Right. Literally all league sure. I'm in, so that'll make it tough. But I do find myself drafting him in a lot of mock drafts. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't need to go everything you said. I love his rushing floor. Um. Yeah, that's all I got. Exactly. Um. Yeah, and like I my, like I said, my keeper's Kyler for an eleventh. So I mean that's incredible value too. So um all right, you can tell me your first like. Um I'm gonna go with my first, which is all it's a, it's a like and a dislike. Same um, guy. What'd you say? Same guy you like and dislike the same person? No, it's, it's two. Okay. Yeah. Just go ahead. Um, these guys share a backfield. Oh, okay. Have any guesses where I'm going with this? I think, oh man, I, I actually think we're going to get some debate here, but I think I do know where you're going with this. NFC. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> NFC North. Okay, is that for the Packers guys? Then, the Packers, right? yes. Um, I want you to guess which one is the like and the dislike. I think you like AJ Dillon and don't like Aaron Jones. You're correct. Um, no, it's not so much I dislike Aaron Jones, the football player, and think he's going to be completely 
irrelevant. He's definitely not going to be irrelevant for fantasy, but he's going to disappoint in fantasy. He, he's the reason why I like and dislike them is their ADP. Currently, also, I should have said this in the beginning, and I should have used fantasy pros as you gave the, said in the beginning. I use a sleeper app. Sorry, okay, that's fine. They're similar enough, but um, anyway, ADP wise, Aaron Jones, uh, 19.6 average draft position, a mid second rounder. AJ Dillon, 68.2, a mid sixth rounder. I think they're going to be the same from a fantasy football production level this season, if not AJ Dillon better. So this ADP disparity is, I think is kind of crazy to me. Um, We obviously know Devonta Adams is gone. Inevitably, this rushing attack has to be more of a focal point of the offense. Adams got 10 targets a game last year. Um, Obviously, this is targets versus carries and short yardage targets for running backs, but to my point, the running game is going to be featured more. It has to be. That's where the talent is. The talent of A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, far exceeds the talent of this wider, this pass-catching core that they have. Uh, that's I think that's pretty obvious. Matt LaFleur came out last week and called A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, the rushing tack, a, quote, 1A and 1A. Um, That's just, like, a nice way of saying it's going to be 50-50 split. Um. But maybe a nice way or more like optimistic way to view it from a fantasy football perspective, saying like these are going to be heavily featured guys, calling them 1A and 1A. Um, so that's a reason to be optimistic. Last year, do you know AJ Dillon's stats last year by the, off the top of your head? Because they surprised me before I, I looked at them. I don't, but if I had to guess... I'm going to go with around 700 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns, 300 receiving yards, and one receiving touchdown. I don't have the touchdown numbers. I forgot. I didn't write them down. I forgot them. But he had 803 rushing yards. A.J. Dillon did, which okay. was more than Aaron Jones. And A.J. Dillon only had 78 less receiving yards. Hmm. And AJ, so pr- pretty much the same exact yardage. AJ Dillon had two less touches than Aaron Jones last year. Um, yeah, so AJ Dillon had 187 carries for 803 yards, five rushing touchdowns. Yeah. He also had 34 catches for 313 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Right. I believe he finished as a low end RB2. Right. Um, I would not be surprised if he has a thousand yards rushing this season and his passing totals be slightly higher than last year. We'll say, sorry, what was the receiving touchdowns you said? Two receiving touchdowns. So maybe he has a thousand, a thousand rushing, six rushing touchdowns, 4,000, sorry, 400 receiving, four rush, receiving touchdowns, 1,400 yards and 10 total touchdowns. Maybe that could be, that's a very attainable stat line for AJ Dillon. Um, also, the inj- injury concern, Aaron Jones, he's a lot smaller than AJ Dillon. He's entering his sixth season and turning 28 this year and has only played one full season throughout his entire six year career. 
Aaron Jones has. Um, not predicting injury, but I I would be more surprised if AJ Dillon has more injury than Aaron Jones this year. I said that weird, but if an injury happens to Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon could be a league winning running back. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask you if Aaron Jones didn't exist, where do you think AJ Dillon should be going in drafts? Round one, end of round one, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a top 10 pick. Yeah. So, yeah, draft AJ Dillon. I mean, if I, if Aaron Jones falls you, go for it. Because again, his his val I think I don't think Aaron Jones' value as maybe like an early third round pick isn't is not bad. It's just like the same as AJ Dillon. You can get the same thing in the sixth round, I think. So if not better, so that's why okay. I like AJ Dillon, dislike Aaron Jones at their respective average draft positions. All right, that was a good breakdown. My next player that I like, which I thought you were going to dislike, any guess who it may be? This could be anyone. Give me narrow it down a little bit. You thought I was going to dislike, so I already said that I liked him? No. Okay. Well, So you still think I will dislike this person? Slightly. Give me a better hint. It's a a 50-50 backfield right now. And this person's in the AFC. Is it the, the is it Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon? Yes, it's one of them. So is it Williams that you like that you think I will dislike? Correct. Okay. Now Javante Williams is someone actually I would say I, I wouldn't even say it was neutral about him. I would say I was actively kind of fading him a little bit. I um, thought you were too. But that has really kind of changed. My tune has definitely changed about him over the, I'd even say the past week, like very recently. The more I thought about it, the more I kind of, you know, heard some arguments for him. How many uh, hours a day are you thinking of Javante Williams? I don't know. This week, definitely like at least like 20 minutes a day. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. So Javante Williams on Fantasy Pros right now, half PBR goes as RB14. 23rd overall. So that's a late second round pick. Okay. Two, two, three turn is where you're getting him. He was RB17 overall last year in half PPR. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. So not too far off from where his ADP is currently. Only three spots lower. In fact, over the last six weeks of the fantasy season, he was RB6 overall. That's when he kind of started to, I don't know if Gordon was hurt. I don't remember for a few of those games. However, maybe for at least one of those games, but Javante definitely started to get the reins a little bit more towards the end of the year weeks. I think it was 12 through 17 because the last six weeks of the fantasy season, he was RB six. Yeah. It's no secret. It's an elevated offense for sure. I mean, they probably have the most elevated offense in the league in terms of quarterback play going from Teddy Bridgewater and drew lock to Russell Wilson. So that should increase touchdown opportunity, at least definitely more green zone carries. Um, green zone. Yeah, I believe that's, I don't know if that's within the 10 or within the five. Oh, really? Yes. I had no idea. But I idea. think Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett, who the, their coach is, I think he calls it the gold zone. 
I've never heard the green zone, the yellow zone, or the gold zone. I only know of the red zone. Yeah. When you said green zone, I thought maybe, like, that's everything but the red zone. No, no. The green zone, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if it – I can't recall if it's either the five or the 10-yard line. Is this an official term or something Nathaniel Hackett said? No. Nathaniel Hackett just calls the green zone the gold zone. So the green zone is the actual term for inside the 10 or the five you don't remember. I'm going to look it up real quick because it's going to bother me. What is the green zone? No, not in Afghanistan. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing you Google is what is the green zone? The green zone in in Afghanistan. What the heck? I don't even know what that means, but I imagine it's wildly different than what we're talking about. This is not okay, a very not... popular term. Yeah, I thought it was more popular than it was. But I'm not really finding much. Maybe it is. I just don't know. PFF. Let's see. Green zone. Come on. This is great airtime here. I know. I, I think you should just stop. Okay, here it is. Carries within the five-yard line. Is the green zone. Yes. Okay. So back to what you were saying. I Yeah, back to what my, my original statement was. The acquisition of Russell Wilson will increase touchdown opportunities and increase green zone carries for Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, just the whole offense as a whole. I am betting on the talent. I think if you're draft, I think you're drafting him at his floor right now. I think if all things just staying as they are, I think last year, I think they had the same amount uh, that's Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. If I'm not mistaken, I think they had the same amount of carries, like to the number. Yeah, they were. It was very 50-50. Javante Williams had 203 carries last year. Melvin Gordon had. It was like 198. He also had 203 carries. It was wow. literally a 50-50 split. Okay. Uh, I mean, assuming everyone stays healthy, I don't think Javante is going to run away with it. I would say, however, I'd say he slightly outcarries him though this year. Because he is the, he's the future of the team, and Melvin Gordon is turning twenty nine. He's entering he's his twenty nine age twenty nine season. So if I had to guess, I'm just putting a little bit of estimate on there. I'd say Javante is more in the two twenty five range, and Melvin's maybe at like one ninety. Um, however, I do think if Gordon misses time, similar to what you said with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, I think if, if Gordon missed time, I think Williams is. I think he'd be a top five pick. Um, and also Nathaniel Hackett, who was Green Bay's offensive coordinator last year, like you said, Aaron Jones was the, uh, was the actually I have it right here. We were talking about a, where AJ Dillon finished last year. Aaron Jones was the RB9, and AJ Dillon was the RB22. So he's shown capability to have produced two very high value running backs in the same offense. So I like that. I think. A mid RB two is his floor, and that's pretty much where you're getting him. Mm-hmm. Kind of drafting him as a high end RB two. But what was I think you said? What was the ADP you said? What where is he going? RB fourteen twenty third overall. So the two three turn. End of the third. Or sorry, end of the second. I think. I mean, I would. I would really love to start a draft with like JT and Javante or CMC and Javante. Um. I don't dislike Javante Williams. 
Although I I know why you'd say that because I have Melvin Gordon on my fantasy team. Um, I think all your points are valid. I don't have any rebuttal against any of them. Just I would say Melvin Gordon is going to be more relevant than people realize or think, in my opinion. Um, I agree. The talent Javante Williams is this is a very good talent. I think the talent will show even more. I think he led the league in uh, broken tackles last year for running backs for anyone. Um, so extremely talented. But Melvin Gordon, although he is getting up there in age, he still produces. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see exactly that last year. Javante Williams being the Aaron Jones, Melvin Gordon being the A.J. Dillon in terms of production last year. That wouldn't be surprised. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, just taking the offensive corner from the Packers to now the head coach of the Broncos, it makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a lot of possibilities. Like, yeah. how how they finished last year, I mean, it could certainly happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, But I'm just, I'm more willing to look his way in drafts for sure as I was even two, three weeks ago. So... Um, who is your second like player? Player on my fantasy team. He's a Yobagoya. I had to do it. You pick a Yobagoya that you like the most. That I like the most, or who I think you're going to say? No, who you like the most. So, because I, I want to be validated that I'm not just a homer. Oh, uh, well, I think you're going to pick Michael Thomas. I'm not. But I do like Michael Thomas. I think he's going as like, like not very. I find myself drafting Michael Thomas a lot because I yeah. think he's going too low. He is currently the wide receiver twenty six, so a high end wide receiver three. I think he should be going as a, at least a low end number two at this point. So yeah. I definitely like Michael Thomas as where he's going right now. Um, who I think you're gonna say. Right position. Okay. I think you're going to say DJ Moore. I am. Okay. Currently slotted as wide receiver 17 on sleeper. I think slightly higher for fantasy pros, but yeah, he's 14 on fantasy pros. Okay. Um, I don't I don't have too many stats to to rattle off here for you. I just think he's too talented and he's getting too much money to not be uber utilized this year. Um, This is going to be so contradictory to all of my morals and everything I stand on. What am I about to say? Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Baker Mayfield. He's, he's like my least favorite player in the NFL. However, he throws it down the field far more and arguably better, you could say, than any quarterback DJ Moore has ever had. And DJ Moore can stretch the field and that I mean DJ Moore can use be used all over the field. And if if Baker can tap into that part of his game and utilize him there, his fantasy production is going to increase vastly. Um last year the past three years, DJ Moore with horrible quarterback play has had over 1,100 yards each season. Last year, he had 93 receptions for 1,157 yards and four touchdowns. 
that's been his thing. This touchdown total is, has been low every year, but if he can get that touchdown total up to just six touchdowns, if he has the same stat line as he did last year, 93 receptions, 1,157 yards, and raise it two touchdowns to six touchdowns, uh, he's wide receiver 11. And I think that's a conservative raise. Like, eight eight touchdowns is not out of the realm of possibility, and I think he, he would have been, like, wide receiver nine if he got eight. And I think 1,100 yards, there's room to grow there, too. Um. I think this could be what I think that he could reach his ceiling this year. Um, maybe like 95 catches, 1250 yards, eight touchdowns. And that would be reasonable. Like wide receiver eight numbers. And he's being drafted at will average the two like wide receivers, 15, 16. So I think there's incredible value there. What rounds in drafts is he typically going that you do? If you have it on top of your head. You can look at his ADP, I guess. Yeah, he's overall ranked uh, 33rd, which would be a late third-round pick in 12-team leagues. Okay, I'm very comfortable with him being um, your third-round pick. And if you can manage to get him to be your second wide receiver, then you could be have two wide receiver ones for sure. Yeah, if you have a late pick in drafts, I mean, say you have a you're in the ten through twelve spot, you could start a draft like going uh, Swift and Diggs, and then like get DJ Moore. Yeah, potentially. So that's certainly interesting, and I don't I don't hate it. I mean, I guess you could say I guess an argument against them could be McCaffrey was basically out the whole entire year, only played like five six games. And there's going to be like, he's the main target getter in Carolina, which is definitely true. He, he's going to eat into it a little bit, but I think that's, I think going from Darnold to Baker is a, is negating out that like, like, I think the efficiency of that, assuming Baker's healthy, he wasn't really the majority of last season down the stretch, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, I think that cancels out like the earning target competition assuming McCaffrey stays healthy yeah so yeah I mean uh he's only averaged he's 14 touchdowns in four career seasons so that is not what you expect but yards and yards and catches have never been a problem for him what are the odds of him um matching his career total touchdowns this season he gets 14 this year yeah oh boy uh I don't know 25 to 1. Okay. Yeah, not very high, but well, let's just work our way up to getting to 8, Jack, before we think of 14. Um, okay. Uh, are we ready you to move have, on? You have, to... Yeah, sorry. Oh, you have two dislikes left? Yeah, I have two dislikes and you have one dislike left. Correct. Um, my first dislike is, unfortunately, James Carr. Interesting. Okay. RB, I like he, him. he currently goes as RB15 and 29th overall. So an early third round pick. Early to mid third round pick. 15 rushing touchdowns last year. I just feel like that's an unsustainable amount. Um, And the biggest question mark is health. I mean, I don't know. 
you could say every running back is injury prone, and that is certainly true to a, to a certain extent. However, he's missed an average of three and a half games a year over the last four seasons. He's getting How many older. did he miss last year? He missed two, okay. I believe. Uh, and I mean, he he had 15 rushing touchdowns, which you know made him a, a very valuable fantasy asset because especially because he went like so late in drafts. However, he only averaged like 3.6 or 3.7 yards per carry last year. And the Cardinals offensive line did not improve. It actually, I think, got worse. It's ranked 25th by PFF. Um, so with the negative touchdown regression, health, I'm not really comfortable taking him as as my, you know, potentially RB1 if you, if you wait on RB. Or just getting him in the early third, I'm not really a fan of it. If I'm kind of looking at other running backs going in that range right here, uh, we got Zeke, Brees Hall, David Montgomery, even J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne, Cam Akers. I wouldn't take all those guys over him. Three or three of them over him, and everyone before him. I'd like think he's, in my opinion, I think he should be. Super far down, but maybe the nineteen to twenty range. You froze a little bit, but I, uh, I got the gist, which means the recording got the gist. Are you still there? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, can I refute your those points? Sure. Um, I'm not too concerned about touchdown regression. For one reason being their best red zone threat is out for the first six weeks. Kyler Murray's still playing. He played last year. So Yeah, but I, I would argue he's their best red zone threat. I don't think so. Um and also uh their second best most talented running back. Their second James Chase Edmonds gone. And who's who's going to be backing up and possibly taking touches away from James Conner this year? Eno Benjamin? Darrell Williams. And Darrell Williams. The talent behind him, I think, significantly decreased. Um, so there's that, too. So I think that kind of weight, that negates the touchdown regression. Um health, I guess you could say, is a concern, can be a concern for any running back. And it was a big concern of mine for James Conner, particularly when he went to Arizona, but um, I don't know. I, I think he uh, he stayed healthier than I expected last year. And I just don't... I'm not feeling health concerns that much for James Conner this year. I hope I didn't jinx it. I like him. I still think he can, he's, I just, I mean, yeah, I love James Conner, but his talent is, he legitimately is a very talented running back. And I just think that's going to result in more fantasy points. That's really what it comes down to, in my opinion. And for those running backs you listed, I would take Conner over all of them. Maybe not Dave Montgomery, but probably still Dave Montgomery. Even Zeke. I think I'd rather have Zeke. I don't know. I I I wouldn't. All right. Who is your second 
uh, player you dislike at their age. Did you hear me? Just say it again. Starting clap now. All right. Who is your second player you dislike at their ADP? Second play. My second dislike. Um, Correct. This goes. It is contradictory to the quarterback you said was one of your likes. Going with AJ Brown. Ooh. Now this uh, kind of pains me to say because I think AJ Brown is an extremely talented wide receiver, and I agree with what you said earlier, or you flirted with the idea that he's a top five receiver earlier in comparing Tyreek and him. Talent wise, he's there. Um, he's currently being drafted as wide receiver twelve on sleeper. Do you know off the top of your head for fantasy pros? Probably similar. I have it right here. Just give me one second. He is. You said wide receiver ten on sleeper. Twelve. Okay, he's wide receiver ten on fantasy pros. Okay, and he is twenty sixth overall, two okay. three turn. I'd be surprised if he's a wide receiver one. Um, one of which injury has been a concern throughout his career so far, but I won't even highlight the injury concerns that I have. Um, he got traded this offseason from the Titans to the Eagles. Last year with Tannehill, Tannehill threw the ball 531 times. Jalen Hurts threw the ball a hundred less times, four hundred thirty-two. Okay. Of those pass attempts, Jalen Hurts completed only sixty-one percent compared to Tannehill sixty-seven percent. Last year, with Tannehill's five hundred thirty-one pass attempts and sixty-seven completion percentage, if we extrapolated AJ Brown's total games, I think he played thirteen games. If we let's just assume he was fully healthy last year. Um, with Tannehill being his quarterback, he would have had 82 receptions, 1,136 yards, and six and a half touchdowns. That comes out to 193 fantasy points and wide receiver 28. And I didn't even mention last year, it was him, and that's it for many weeks. Julio Jones was non-existent last year and Derrick Henry was hurt for a lot of the season some of the season I get would he how many games did Derrick Henry play 10 I believe it was 10 okay so AJ Brown was getting a ton of the target share and he the offense ran through him and that was that one game like he was the whole offense I think you remember the game I think they played the 49ers I believe later in the yeah, season yeah it was uh it was it's Christmas, okay. Christmas week. Not on Christmas, but the week of Christmas. Yeah. A.J. Brown has that talent. He has the potential to put a team of offense on his back um, and have explosive games like that. And he's a very, very talented wide receiver, so don't get me wrong in, in that respect. But it just doesn't look promising on paper this year. He goes to Jalen Hurts, who I said his pass attempts and completion percentage. Last year... As Hurts is wide receiver one, Devonta Smith, he had 104 targets, which um, 
AJ Brown would have was on pace for 137 targets last year, and he's got more weapons to compete with. He has Devontae Smith, who they spent a first round pick on the Eagles like a lot. Dallas Goddard is a very solid pass catching tight end. Um, that's two better weapons that he had that he didn't have in Tennessee. So more weapons to compete with. A quarterback that throws the ball less, that's more inaccurate, is why I don't see AJ Brown return. You're t- returning the value that you're putting into him as your wide receiver 11. So your, your wide receiver one, as I said, like if you extrapolate his stats last year, 17 games with the better quarterback play and more target share, he's wide receiver 28. Like I think he's going to be wide receiver two at best. Like that's what I, I could see him being wide receiver 28 this year in the Eagles. Yeah, I just don't see it being that low. I don't know if you considered that Hurts played two less games at Tannehill. You have to look at the whole. That's Tannehill fair. played all 17. Hurts played 15. Um, so you have to include some of the games. I overlooked that. That, that Minshew played. Uh, and also, I mean, yes, I think the Eagles were actually the last in the league in pass attempts. Um, I do think they won't be last this year. I think the move to get AJ Brown will kind of, and they 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 gave him what four years and twenty five million, four exactly. years hundred million. So they're gonna. I feel like that they have to get him the ball. I just mean twenty eight is way too low. And I know you kind kind of messed up a little bit with not factoring in the games that hurts missed. Um. I do. I I can kind of see what you say. I'm kind of neutral on him this year. I, I'm not. I'm not reaching for him by any means. Uh, if he falls, I'll be happy to take him. Um, and if there's no one else I like, I'd take him kind of at his ADP in like early third round. Um, I just think like I could see him be. Yeah, like I said I, I high end wide receiver too. Which is just slightly lower than where he's going. He's going. Well, he's averaging, going averaging okay. the two out at, at wide receiver eleven. I'd, I'd say he's in the twelve to fifteen range, for me. I'll be more fair, and I'll say if you're drafting a, if you think you're drafting a low wide receiver one, you're getting a low wide receiver two, maybe even worse than that. That's what I low think. wide receiver two. Yeah. So you wide think receiver, he's going to be wide receiver, wide receiver 20? twenty. Wide receiver twenty. Yes, I definitely see that. Wow. I mean, I, I just don't. I think it's too low. Throughout the like, I just don't. Think Hertz is that good of a passer? I don't. I don't trust Hertz to support him, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard sufficiently. I'm off all Eagles pass catchers. I think Hertz is a great fantasy player because of rushing ability, but and his rushing floor. But I I don't trust him as a passer, and I I don't. That's why I'm off on AJ Brown. I think he's being overvalued, and luckily for me, I'm assuming the Eagles fans that we draft with are going to draft him at his ADP or higher. So. I they yeah, won't have to worry about it. I won't be bet I won't be getting AJ Brown this year, most likely. Which is a shame. I really do love AJ Brown. If he was still in the Titans, I would have loved him. Um, I think he's a really good player. I like him a lot. Put that out there. But well, you'll have him on your second dynasty team. I do. My second player that I dislike at the ADP, and his ADP is definitely it's from when what what it was 
last year, especially, and even the year before, definitely decreasing. And for obvious reasons, um, I have DK Metcalf, wide receiver 21 and 50th overall. That doesn't even seem too high. And in all honesty, like I would probably only take a few guys over him. I'm just like, I don't think I've gotten him in one mock draft I've done. And you know how many I've done. And that's just really saying something. And it's just, I'm never going to be excited to draft someone who has this putrid of an offensive situation. It's so bad. Hello? I hear you. You're back. I hear you. Did you hear anything I said? Yeah, offense situation is very bad. Yeah, it's just so putrid. There's nothing good about it. The quarterback play is bottom three in the league. Offensive line's bottom three in the league. Their running backs, I mean, Penny was really good at the end of last year. Health has been a major, major concern with him. Then you have Ken Walker, who might not even be ready for week one. And it's just, I just cannot. I don't feel I can't see myself drafting Lockett or Metcalf, no matter what, really. They'd have to really, really fall. I just don't feel comfortable with it whatsoever. Um sorry, I don't want to cut off. Are you finished? I mean, pretty much. I mean, I just think it's just gonna regress too much for for me to feel comfortable. That's all I, I really have to say. I would take DK over AJ Brown. Oh my gosh, that is such a bad take. Not I would take like I think DK is at be, cost. You mean? Yeah, like I I let's just bet straight up. I think DK is going to have a more productive fantasy season than AJ Brown. You want to bet that? I said the word bet. I didn't like that was just kind of figure of speech, but I would I didn't, okay. didn't want to actually bet you, but I guess I'll bet you now. <laughs> Okay, let's. Well, I'm confident in this one. I'll bet. I mean, I mean, we're we're gonna continue. We're gonna factor in injuries. I mean, that could happen. But are are we doing points per game? Or are we doing total points? In the season? Total points. Like where they finish. Yeah. Okay. All right. What are we betting? I don't know. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. If 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 I'll give you another shot at the at the Jeopardy belt. I'm going to get that anyway. And if I win, then you don't get a shot forever. Forever? Well, I, I can challenge someone else, just not you, I guess. Well, that's not for the belt then. Well, someone will take the belt from you if they beat you, and then I can challenge them is what you're saying. Well, right? think of the wager. You. I think DK will have more productive season than AJ Brown. Okay. Well, I think the opposite. So, all right. Well, can I... Can I just argue for DK for just a second? Yeah, yeah. Explain why. Why you have that ludicrous take. Offense is very bad. Um, as long as someone with an arm is throwing a ball to these two receivers, good things will happen. They're, I'll start with the Eagles. They're a predominantly rushing offense. Maybe the addition to A.J. Brown will change that, but historically historically i guess the past two seasons uh rushing is their go-to i think the opposite is going to be for the seahawks they're going to be down a lot they're going to be throwing a lot granted the quarterback play isn't good um i think dk is too talented a wide receiver and 
he can get doubled and he's one of the best contested catch guys. He's the most physical wide receiver in the league. He's just going to produce, I think. Um, he's got there's it's no secret he's going to be a focal point of the offense. There he they paid him a ton of money. And it's not that defense are only going to be focusing on him because Tyler Lockett is one of the best route runners in the league. I still stand by that. So they got to focus on him too. Even if DK gets double covered, he can still produce. I'm I, that doesn't worry me. Um, I just think there's more opportunity for DK. That's why I would bet on him. I also think he's slightly more talented. There's just no way. I think I made a pretty good case there. No, I get what you. I get your reservations. Definitely, yes. The offense is very bad, but the run game is going to be very shaky. They're going to rely a lot on their pass game, and they have the means to do so. Like these, this, this is what a top, top what wide receiver do on the league. Three, five, five, for sure. Four. We'll settle on four. Okay. All right. Well, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out for sure as the season progresses. Um, all right. We don't have too much time left, so we're going to kind of go through qu- some quickly, uh, our last two segments. My Some of my strategies and tips I have to say. Um, you could, I have four written down here. Can, I'm sure you agree on these. Um, I think, one, the first thing I've written down here is to take – not your own running back handcuffs, but other teams running back handcuffs. What are your thoughts on that? Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I like that. It, it, um, go explain more first before I chime in, please. It's just way, you have way more upside than doing just handcuffing your own running back. Handcuffing your own running back, if it's a good handcuff, you should, in theory, have a top 12 to 15 play at the position each week. But say you draft Dalvin Cook. Instead of getting Alexander Madison, you get Tony Pollard instead, and then Zeke goes down. Now you have two RB1s. All right, I think it's like a little Rock different, though. That's a little drastic. Because Pollard and Zeke are presumably... It's going to be a far more even split than it is Dalvin to Madison. All right. I mean, like, yeah, of course you'd rather have Dalvin and Pollard than Zeke and Madison. Or I think, I don't even think it's crazy to say you'd rather have like what you said. I'd rather definitely rather have Dalvin and Pollard than Dalvin and Madison. I think what you, what you said, how drafting someone I forget the wording exactly you said, but if you draft someone else's handcuff, very high floor, sorry, very high ceiling, very low floor. If you draft your own handcuff, low ceiling, high floor, if that makes sense. It's much, much safer and arguably too safe to draft your own handcuff at times as it is to go after someone else's because you draft your own handcuff. Well, the sorry. example I said, the example I said, might not have been good, but that's that was the sentiment yes. of what. Yeah, I, yeah, I. That's why I agree with what you said. Yeah, I just want to put it in those terms if that painted a better picture as well. Um, 
Right. So because I just you like- sorry, you draft your own handcuff, and like that's a pick you hope to not have to use theoretically, ideally, right? Yeah, exactly. And I just feel like if you're if you're first round, like if you have Saquon Barkley as your like maybe second round pick, or you have Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry or whoever, if they go down, I think Derrick Henry is a good example. Like if you draft Hassan Haskins or something like that. You, you you're not gonna win your league. Like Derrick Henry already went down. Like if 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 he if he gets hurt, you're not gonna win. So, but is it even like, worth? I don't. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off again. Like I even like just I guess Madison and Pollard are like two of the best handcuffs in the league. So just kind of into like another example. Like I'd even rather have. I'm I'm trying to think of who another. Because like you're not. The the strategy of draft someone else's handcuff, you like theoretically it's a good uh, it's a good strategy, but are we really gonna recommend a draft Hassan Haskins? Like it's that's tough, you know? Like it's gotta be a very, very deeply if you're going like it's gotta be if you're drafting Hassan Haskins. Like we gotta think of a tier of handcuffs to possibly target. Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon. Those like those are definitely draftable guys that also could be considered handcuffs. Right. Um Yeah, I can't think of any on top of my head that Madison in the very late round, yes, I agree. Um James Robinson. Yeah. Um Darrell Henderson. Maybe. I don't know. The few, the names the if names that we mentioned target. are a value. What'd you say? You're right. Yeah, I just I mean the examples are the examples. I just I would I don't think it's worth it. I used to maybe think that at one point. I don't think it's worth it to handcuff your own running back. I just think that's way too conservative of a strategy where I think you need to play to win, not to just you know, stay alive. Yeah, and then the last thing I guess you could say on this if if let's just say you draft Madison late round and then week two, week three, Dalvin Cook sits out of practice. Injuries are starting to become a little, there's chatter of injuries. Like you can sell that handcuff at a much higher value than what you drafted him as. Yeah, exactly. You have trade. If you don't want to keep him. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Um, another another tip I have is know your league's tendencies. Um, I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> we mentioned it on the episode last week or two episodes ago or whatever, how I studied it one night at two in the morning for our own league. But you don't have to be as extreme as me because not many are. Just generally know, like, kind of how your friends, like, if you're in a league with your friends, I hope you know, like, kind of what the, who their favorite team is. Are they known to be a homework pick kind of person? Um, you know, I don't know. I would just generally like to think, like, try to think about your league mates and like where where they might target. I think it'll definitely help you in the draft. I think it helps me it's a good idea of where guys are going to be going and I can kind of plan out of where I think I might want to take my guys. It's a little harder for our league. We do a true randomization like 30 minutes before the draft starts. But if you know your draft order ahead of time, I think it can be helpful and to kind of map out how your, how your draft's going to go. That's smart. 
I agree. Um, number three, be fluid in your plan. The draft doesn't always go the way you expect it to. And if you think I'm, I'm gung ho, I'm definitely going to get this guy, this running back at pick seven or something like that. And the first six picks are running backs. Like, don't be afraid to pivot and get Cooper cup or, or Justin Jefferson or something like that. Uh, it just focus more on the best player available. Don't be locked into a certain position. You have to get this guy here. You have to get your flex to this next spot. Just kind of be fluid and trust that you're going to make good picks throughout the rest of the draft and be confident in your ability to work the waiver wire. The draft is not the end all be all. There's been plenty of teams that I've had that have had not many people from who I drafted. I mean, you have to have hit on some picks, but it's just, it's not one at the draft. It's one throughout in season management. So just don't be afraid to kind of pivot of where you're originally going to think and don't get too flustered in that. Definitely agree. It draft almost always, almost never goes the way I plan or you plan. So yeah, you got to be comfortable doing some other things. Mock drafts help. That's my last tip. Do mock drafts. Maybe not do as many as me. Because there is a point where, you know, the marginal benefit of doing them does not equate to the, the quantity. I just do them because I'm addicted and I just like, that's just like all I do in my free time. But, do it because I like it. Exactly. But it does. it definitely helps to do, I don't know, do them at different times too. Just don't, I don't know, if you want to do like, it's kind of late now, but I mean, if you want to do it throughout August, like maybe do like one a week or something like that to kind of see how things change, try a couple of different things out and um, kind of go from there. So definitely Even, helpful to do that yeah. for sure. Mock drafts. How long does the mock draft take you? Um, If I'm just doing, well, I mean, it's different for me. I, I for our keeper league, I input keepers. Honestly, if you're not but, doing that, if you're not doing not chumps, it, like, what are you doing for mock draft for that? I mean, I just have it down to a science. I I know where who I'm gonna take at what position, and even if that person's gone, I can easily pivot to who I, I've I've pretty much done and drafted every single scenario. However, I'm mean, so for me personally, it it could take four minutes. Okay, five minutes. Um, all right, a mock but, draft. But if take... someone else, if they're you know just looking at ADP for the first time, they want to kind of try different things out, really get a feel for it. Like I mean, maybe you're 15. probably looking at like 15 minutes. Right. So it's not like when you hear if you maybe never yeah. done a mock draft and it, if you like, Oh, I don't want to do a mock draft. Cause my draft takes two hours. Like I don't want to do that. I don't have time to do that. It's not that it's everything simulated. You can, it's just only your picks. So it's the only time you're on the clock. So like, it'll be like 15, 20, maybe 20 minutes. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I highly recommend, recommend and like i said i probably do it an unhealthy amount not probably definitely yep um so yeah just do a couple before your draft start it'll help you out all right it's fine for the last segment of the day i don't know how many jack has here but he's gonna give me two players who have similar adp i'm gonna say who i prefer and a brief reason why um okay i have 12 Okay. 12 pa- player comparisons. All right. I'll, I'll try to stick to like 30 second reasoning. Why? Okay. I'll chime in too. 
maybe i don't know we'll see so the first okay. one is where i got the idea for this because i didn't know who what should be chosen here again this is sleepers rankings um wide receiver 19 versus wide receiver 20 okay jerry judy or Cortland sutton Cortland sutton all day long give me the reason why um, he is now a year removed from his ACL injury, which is okay. definitely the year that players fully get their athleticism back. Um, he's, um, reportedly had the better chemistry with Russell Wilson so far in training camp. And he's had, he's a thousand yard receiver. Thousand yard season under his belt already in the league, and um, I think he has t- higher touchdown up- upside with his body type. Okay, those are all good points. Just to play devil's advocate for Jerry Judy, I think he's a well. I know he was de- he was a better prospect coming out. They spent a first rounder on him. Um, maybe a higher ceiling there. I just think he's more talented. Again, I'm not saying I'd rather get Judy. I just honestly do not know. That's why I wanted to pose this question. Um, I literally, because I thought it because Tim Patrick is out for the season. So it's really going to be these two guys as the main show, but for Russell Wilson. And I think whoever is the go-to, which I know the report said, quote, sounds the has had the better camp. So maybe you want to lean him. Whoever is the, the wide receiver one, for Russell Wilson, I think it definitely has wide receiver one potential. You just got it's just the one of these guys is going to be wide receiver one, I think, and it's just a matter of choosing who it's going to be. Yeah, I just I just don't like how I know Tim Patrick's out there this season, but yeah. you could say he he played better, he outplayed Jerry Judy last year. Okay. Also, year three is a breakout year for wide receivers, and wide receivers break out in a year. That's a lie. Yeah, um, that's that's a myth nowadays. Right. We'll move on. Quarterback 14 or quarterback 15? Derek okay. Carr or Kirk Cousins? Now, nah, that one's really close for me. Yeah. Um the, the other the other one was I I right away I I said Sutton. Um this one's close. I am probably going to give this oh man it's tough. I'm going to give the slight edge to uh Kirk Cousins. Okay. I think he has slightly more of a track record in terms of being more of a consistent fantasy option and putting up better numbers. Um it's tough. I mean, I love Derek Carr too. He obviously gains a top 3 receiver in the league. Um but does Kirk Cousins already have a top 3 receiver in the league? Yeah, I think he does have the top three receiver in the league. So both of them have fantastic weapons around them. I think if I'm going to give a tie here, I'm going to give it to like I'm going to give it to Kirk very slightly. Um, like I said, because I think he has a slightly more proven track record of putting up better stats, better fantasy finishes, and I like Kevin O'Connell more than Josh McDaniels. So that's I'm going to give the slight edge to that. You're welcome for Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, thanks. That's fair, and also prove it year for Kirk. Um, I feel like every year is a prove it year for Kirk, and he plays he a like, chip on his shoulder. 
No, you want you froze. You... Do you hear what I said? No. Every year's a proving year for Kirk. I said I feel like every year's a proving year for Kirk, and then like he pleases some people's expectations and others like they're not satisfied. So it's like you should always be satisfied. Right. So I feel like and then every year it's like the same thing. I'm like, oh, another proving year for Kirk. He does the same exact thing. And then like people are like, you know what? He actually had a good year. I like Kirk Cousins. Other people are like, he's trashed. He's so he's the most underrated quarterback in the league. He's not even close. Also, I think when I thought you froze there, like I cut you off and I I think you just didn't move and I thought you were frozen. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway. Um my next one, RB six or RB eight? Najee Harris okay. or DeAndre Swift. Nashi Harris. Okay. Um, I think you think something. It's the higher floor and the higher. I don't. I think they have similar ceilings, but Najee is a higher floor. You cut out, but I heard. Similar ceilings, but Najee's a higher floor, which I that's exactly that's exactly what I said. Okay, I agree. That's fine. No need to because I think they're pretty even. I don't know. Najee's uh, Najee has absolutely no competition. I know they said they're gonna scale back at touches, but for who? Um I think the offense could be slightly better. Well, what about the year of the Lions? I know it's the year of the lion. Isn't it literally time. like the year of the lion in like the Chinese New Year? I don't know. We'll have to check that one out. I think after it is. The show. I, I honestly think it is. Anyway, continue. Um. Yeah, I know. I, I love DeAndre Swift too. Um, injury risk is slightly more of a concern for him than Najee. And he is one of the better backups in the league. Whereas the Steve, like, I just think there's no there's no way Najee's bad. Like he's but I said this last year. He's bust proof. Um, I mean injuries aside, he's bust proof. I think it's impossible for him to fail. So that's why I think he has a higher floor. And I think if all things go right, like Najee could. I think he has RB one potential. People, yeah. I mean the catches Definitely. will go down. Oh, RB over one overall. Overall potential. Oh. I was gonna say, like, yeah, he's RB one potential. He's being drafted not, not six. Yeah, not that, RB one not overall. Think, sure, I agree. Yeah, and I think Swift does too. But I think where things go wrong for Swift, you could see him finishing lower than Najee. I think Najee's safer. So that's why I'm, I'm gonna go with Najee. Okay, we got to fly through these less because we got like nine more, and we have not that much time remaining. Okay. Uh, and they get tougher, so that is gonna be hard. Anyway. Uh, wide receiver 44, wide receiver 45, Robert Woods or Christian Kirk? I'm gonna go with Christian Kirk. Um, I'm just gonna need to see it more. Excuse me, I'm gonna need to see Robert Woods. I mean, apparently, all the, the reports have been good with his ACL tear that he's like, you know, right back to normal and everything. I'm just gonna need to see it. Um, I'm expecting a big year to leave for Trevor Lawrence. And obviously they paid Christian Kirk handsomely, so they're gonna have to get on the ball. It's close. It is close, yeah. Uh I'll lean Kirk, I guess. Um tight end eleven or tight end twelve, Pat Fryermuth or Mike Gasecki? Oh, I'm going with Fryermuth all day long. I I'll go I'll chime in first real quick. We gotta go quick. Um 
I would have gone Gasecki. Gasecki's in a prove it year. It's a is a contract year for him, and he's one of the best pass catching tight ends in the league. However, weird reports this week came out that he's going to be featured less in the passing game. Don't know what Mike McDaniel's really thinking there, but that's the report nonetheless. So that's why I'm gonna go Fryermuth. I think also think he has great chemistry with Kenny, who's gonna be starting soon. Continue. You go. Yeah, not much else to say. I mean, it's kind of just more of a feeling. And Frymuth, I believe, again, I think I referenced this either last show or maybe even off air. I don't know. I think Frymuth averaged the fourth best points per game for a tight end, rookie tight end ever, fantasy wise. Wow, that's pretty good. It's seven touchdowns last year. I think he's going to, it's a little bit more of a crowded offense, but I think he'll build on his, on his year last year. So, good point. Tight ends are um, tight ends are a rookie quarterback's best friend. So true. Uh RB twelve or RB thirteen, Saquon Barkley or Javante Williams. I know I just sung the praises of Javante Williams, um, but I'm still gonna go with Saquon Barkley. Wow. Um, similar to what I said about Cortland Sutton, he's now uh two seasons or one season, two years removed from his ACL tear. Um and it kind of goes back to trusting the the coach in the room and Brian Dable. The best is potential. And, you know, I think they both carry some risk to them, Javante and Saquon. Um, I mean, we've seen Saquon do it before, and we know he has that in him. So he's not going to have whatever he had when Eli Manning was the quarterback and have like 93 catches because – Daniel Jones will opt to run it instead of check down, but I still think he could like I, I he get near his. Fin- I mean, he was the RB one or two in twenty eighteen, but That's five um, years ago, uh, yeah, four, four, but uh, I don't know. I think uh, I'm just gonna lean Saquon. Okay. You're making great points. We really got a rapid fire here. Sure. Uh, wide receiver four, wide receiver five, Devontae Adams or Stefan Diggs? Love them both. I'm going to go with Diggs. Okay. Um, you know, I think Diggs and Allen are going absolutely nuclear this year. And um, I think uh, Josh Allen is, I mean, clearly the better to th- Um, and I, I just love Diggs to how much of a target hog he's going to be over Adams. Where I mean, I'd rather be competing for targets with Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox over Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. So that was not rapid fire. Sorry. Um, <laughs> this is gonna be a tough one for you, Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts, QB seven or QB eight. We talked about both. You like both. Pick one in right. ten seconds. This is the hardest one so far. Um, <laughs> I had to say Kyler Murray. Okay. Like a five-second point? One point. He's QB1, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'd probably go Jalen Hurts, but it's tough. Uh, tight end three or tight end four, Kyle Pitts or George Kittle? Kyle Pitts. Okay. All day long. And he's like- gonna, his positive touchdown regression has to be coming. 
Well, but I think that's 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 okay. baked into his ADP a little bit. Tight end three is pretty high. Like what was he last year? Like tight end seven? That's generous. yeah, six or seven. Um, okay. I don't hate the Pitts pick. Um next one, wire receiver 14 or wire receiver 15, Michael Pittman or Deontay Johnson. Two players I believe you like. Um, I'm gonna go with Michael Pittman. I I, I not that I don't like Deontay Johnson, but I just I'm honestly kind of staying away from Claypool and Deontay. Uh, I just, I don't know. I love our offense, and I think it's going to be too crowded. I think there's too many mounds to feed right now, whereas Pittman is going to be the clear alpha number one where Matt Ryan's going to lock and load his targets. Okay. Uh, I think I agree. The second to last one, RB37 or RB41, Melvin Gordon or James Robinson? Two guys we talked about. Uh, Melvin Gordon. I don't. I just don't buy Robinson right off the Achilles, which is a shame because I love him. He will be ready for Week One. Um, reports I've seen, but I agree. I think Melvin Gordon definitely. He already wasn't the most explosive running back, and that Achilles is an, is an athleticism, you know, nightmare when you lose it like that. So. Yep. Last one, odd one. Wide receiver fifty four or wide receiver fifty five. Julio Jones or Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. I agree. A lot yeah, of hype out of the- Julio this this week. Like he apparently he's looked really good. Um, of course Julio's gonna look really good in like non-contact light drills, but he's not yeah. gonna be healthy. He's not gonna he hasn't been healthy he, like his whole career. Like he takes quarters off. So I think that's definitely gonna happen in his old age. And I took too much time. Yeah, unfortunately he's he's um he's done. But he could like I I wouldn't be surprised if Julio like goes off like for two weeks this year and he's like people will be like oh Julio's back and Bucks aren't fair but um that wraps up that segment and looks like we are out of time so you want to close us out absolutely um well enjoy the best time of the year folks it's like my second Christmas best of luck to all you in your fantasy leagues. Um, we wish you well. If you have any questions, feel free to DM us or text us or whatever. Um, stay tuned for next week for our extensive NFL preview. It's going to be a very long episode. It should be a lot of fun. Trust making its return episode 200. I cannot wait. As always, thanks to Mr. T's tuxedos and be sure to follow the show on Instagram at hogline podcast. Um, any cl- re- closing remarks, Jack? Um, see ya. <laughs> See you folks.